This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Good morning, Fellowship Church. Hey, listen, we want to welcome you today. Uh, it's got to be a lot warmer in your home than it is outside. And we so appreciate you joining us here this morning. Uh, as you know, we canceled our uh, active uh, live service uh, due to the conditions that were outside, especially uh, when they were talking about such uh, severe wind chills. We just didn't want anybody you know, being out in the middle of all of this, and especially in the context of the, the body life of our church, because it's conceivable that people can live nearly 90 to 100 miles from one another uh, when it comes to the people who attend the fellowship. So we're glad you're here this morning. Hope you have something there that you can, uh, you know, stay warm and cozy with, and something to drink. Hope you brought your Bibles with you, or you have them there, uh, because we're gonna talk about some things in the Word of God that I believe will be a real, real blessing to you this morning. We wanna make you aware of a couple different things, and that is, when, with regard to announcements, as you know, our small groups are beginning this evening, and uh, you'll just have to check with each of the leaders in your small groups uh, to determine whether or not you'll be meeting this evening. But we, uh, we really do want you to get connected in that regard because it's a great way for you to build relationships. But not only that, it, it lends to the purpose that we have for 2021 that we're really going to make it our ambition to help people grow spiritually. And so that affords you that opportunity. Also, we want to mention to you, be sure and register for uh, our marriage weekend that's coming up with Joe McGee on uh, February the 26th and 27th. You still have a couple weeks to be able to do that. If you'll just go to myfc.info, uh, uh, the information will be there. You'll be able to click on that, register, and make sure that you and your spouse are able to be with us and attend for that because it's going to be a great evening. Friday night, we'll have a nice meal together, and then uh, Joe will be sharing some things with us. The next morning, we'll be coming back again, of course, uh, for two sessions, and it will really help to uh, solidify the relationships that you have with your spouse to help you grow. Praise God again. All of these things that we're doing is intended to help people find their lives in Christ, to grow in Him, and praise God to pattern our lives after the manner that He has given to us from the Word of God uh, so that we can be blessed. How many of you know God wants you to be blessed? Well, the way that happens is when we obey what it is He said. But of course, you know, some people, if they don't know, and that's the thing, you know, he said, my people end up being destroyed for their lack of knowledge. And that's certainly true in so many areas of our lives. So this will be a great growth opportunity for you and your spouse. So we hope that you'll make sure that you get signed up for that. Not only that, when you sign up early, it helps us you know, in our preparations, because we want to be able to do the very best for you when you do arrive uh, so that we can be a blessing to you in any way possible. So again, uh, go to myfc.info and you'll be able to sign up for that event. A lot of great things that are coming up uh, in this new year. We're excited about 2021. I believe that there are great things in store for people that fasten or fix their eyes or their gaze upon the Lord Jesus Christ, focusing upon Him, because I believe that there are great strides and uh, things not only spiritually, but even in our natural lives that God wants to do for us. I believe that He's going to prosper our church. I believe He's going 
going to bless the people that are within it as they set their hands to different and various things. I believe that God's going to speak to people about the dreams that he's placed within their hearts. And so I believe it's going to be an outstanding year. And I hope that you'll believe with me too, because I believe there's things that God wants to do in all of our lives to show himself strong. But not only that, to be able to give witness and testimony, glory to God, to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me share a verse of scripture with you uh, this morning before we receive our morning offering. Um, You know, the Apostle Paul talked quite a bit about uh, money and different things with regard to giving, and especially uh, in this particular portion of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, The Corinthian church had been... uh, very uh, involved in giving, and uh, they had actually committed to uh, be involved in giving. And so the Apostle Paul was just talking about, you know, uh, the simple fact that since they said they would do this, he wanted them to make sure and follow through. And so as a matter of encouragement to them in their uh, participation in that offering, he mentions here in Second Corinthians chapter 9 and 6, he said, but this I say, They that uh, sow sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and they that sow bountifully shall reap also bountifully. You know, it is with the same measure that we sow that we also reap. It's just a fundamental law. And of course, I know you know that, and I know that you know this verse of Scripture, but going on in this, it says, Every man then, according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly nor of necessity, because God loves a cheerful giver. Praise God. In other words, we're not telling you that you have to give. We're actually talking to you about the fact that you get to. And so if we can do it cheerfully, if we can help with the uh, Uh, church and what it is that we're doing uh, through this local church and helping men and women find their lives in Christ, growing our kids up in the admonition and the word of the Lord. Also, not only that, but helping people around the world uh, come to know Jesus Christ through our missions giving. Then I believe, praise God, that that's a blessing. He goes on then to say that God is able to make all grace to abound toward us. You know, when we participate in giving, the Bible says that God himself will make sure that his grace abounds toward us in the same measure or in the same way. And it goes on to say that you always having all sufficiency in all things, praise God, may abound unto every good work. I don't know about you, but what a great promise that it says that you and I will have the privilege of being able to participate each and every time we have an opportunity to sow some seed into someone else's life. And when we do that, because of our generosity, God says that he will bless us back abundantly. So let me pray with you, praise God. And as you consider your giving here this morning, I just want to thank you in advance uh, for your generosity. And not only that, for just blessing the church so that we can continue to do the things that God has called us to do and also to stay strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. Thank you so much for the privilege that we have, Father, to bring our tithes and our offerings to the storehouse of God. And Father God, as we do so today, Father, we thank you for your blessing in every home, every life, every individual as they contribute to the support of those that teach them in the Word of God as they contribute to the support of the local church. We just thank you, Father God, for your blessing to help us to do the things that you've called us to do in 2021. So again, Father, thank you for your good 
goodness, mercy, and grace abounding toward them in Jesus' name. Now, I know a lot of you give online, and uh, some of you, well, actually quite a few of you give texting to give, and I know that you know that, but you'll see on the screen uh, what it is that you need to do for that, and also you can give online. Again, if you just go to myfc.info, there'll be a tab that you can click on uh, to participate in giving that way. So let's get into the word, of the word of God here this morning. If you would, let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to be talking to you again about you and I becoming established in Christ Jesus. Did you know that God wants you to be established? He doesn't want you to be unstable as a believer, as a Christian, as a child of God. He wants you to know the truth so that that truth can make you free. He doesn't want you to be bound. You know, the Bible says, the Apostle Paul said, sin shall not have dominion over us. Isn't that great? What uh, uh, incredible good news that is that you and I don't have to be dominated by sin. Because see, sin brings a reproach. And not only that, sin brings with it punishment. And so thank God we can be set free from that so that we can enjoy God's grace and his blessing in our lives. As we talk about this subject this morning, we entitled, or we began this series entitled Being Established in Christ. And, and what I mean by that is, is to be strengthened, to be, to be settled, to be established in the truth or the word of God, knowing the will of God, hallelujah, within our lives and doing what it is that he has prescribed, because that's where the blessing of God is. Everywhere in the scriptures, whether it be the Old Testament or the New, you'll discover wherever you find people being active doers of the word, practicing the Bible, being obedient to God, that God's blessing automatically come to them. I mean, it's just an, it's an amazing, astounding uh, thing that when we obey God, he is going to come to our aid. He is going to bring about what it is that he promised that he would do. So I tell you what, praise God, it does not cost, but it pays to obey God. Glory to God. Amen. So, you know, <clears throat> some of the, you know, maybe some of the most uh, important aspects of uh, a believer is to be established uh, and rooted in what I would call sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. What do I mean by that? I mean that that which we believe, the, the theology or the doctrine or the teaching, maybe is a better way of putting it, that you and I uh, have come to believe is, is founded upon the rich treasures and the foundation of the Word of God. But unfortunately, uh, you know, <laughs> the tendency in human nature very often is sometimes uh, the only thing we want to accept is what we like or what sounds good to us, or what seems to kind of fit into maybe our lifestyles or our behaviors or whatever it is that we might be going on that might be going on in our lives. And, and not only that, but you know, the Bible warns people about being led astray, you know, into different and various kinds of, well, I, I would say it this way, misguided kinds of, 
uh, theology or doctrine, you know, that's inaccurate because it brings people into bondage. And very often, you know, it can also, you know, uh, uh, strip them of the freedom that we have in Christ. And I'm not trying to suggest that, you know, when you become a follower of Jesus, that you can do anything that you want. Uh, Nothing really could be further from the truth. But what he does by his spirit dwelling in us, he empowers us to do his will so that we can enjoy what it is that Christ has provided. And so thank God, sound doctrine becomes such an important dynamic within the life of the believer. So make sure you're going to a life-giving church. Well, if you're obviously attending ours, uh, then we think you're uh, getting good see or good feed from what it is that we teach. But if you happen to be watching or viewing and you're not in a life-giving church, I want to make sure to tell you and admonish you, man, find some place where they teach the Word of God, where it uplifts the believer, where you can come to that place and you can say, you know what, I am edified or I am built up as a result of what it is that I've heard. It, it, in other words, it catapults you forward to be someone who wants to live for God. And, you know, the Apostle Paul, he addressed, uh, you know, well, actually in addressing one such error with regard to the resurrection of Christ and those who have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ, you know, there was this controversy about the resurrection having passed already. Well, we don't have time to get into the whole 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, but you can do it sometime. But I want you to note with me, if you would please, verses uh, 57 and 58. Notice what the Apostle Paul here says, and I'll get there myself so we can both uh, be there. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it says, But thanks be unto God, hallelujah, which gives us the victory. Everybody say victory, hallelujah. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing glory to God that your work is never or your labor is never in vain in the Lord. I want you to know particularly that, you know, the Apostle Paul is talking to us about a victory that's given to us, hallelujah, not going to get, but literally already in possession of it as a believer through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, because of that, I want you to be steadfast and unmovable. Did you know that you can do that this morning, dear friend? Praise God, you can be solid. You can be settled. You don't have to be being pushed around with every wind of doctrine, you know, and different things that are going on. Again, that's why I appeal to you about being in a good Bible church, you know, that's teaching the Word because it's the washing of the water of the Word of God that lends truth to our lives and gives us direction and guidance so that we can live in a way that is honorable and pleasing to him. You know, when Jesus went to the cross and died, something significant happened. He changed the course of history, yes, but he opened the door for men and women, just like you and I, to be able to be born of the Spirit of God, receive everlasting life, and live a life that is not only honorable, but also pleasing to our Heavenly Father in a way that magnifies his name. And he did it so that you and I could experience victory, everybody say victory, glory to God, victory over sin and death. I talk 
talked a little bit about that earlier, you know, because Paul said sin is not to have or shall not have dominion over us. Sin is what brings destruction in people's lives. Well, what is sin anyway? Well, sin simply is just disobeying or disobedience to God. When God says, this is the way I'd like for you to live, and you say, no, I'm going my own way. Well, of course, you're entitled to do that. God's made you a free moral agent, but you have to understand that with that comes a consequence that can be very destructive. And that's why, praise God, we have to humbly and I say that, again, humbly submit ourselves to that which God has said. And sometimes that's not always the easiest thing to do because people don't like to be told what to do. At least in human nature, we have a tendency to recoil and we don't want people telling us what to do. But you know, it's one thing for people to try to tell you something. It's another thing for the Lord Jesus Christ because he always has your interests at heart. He wants the very best for you. So he's not telling you these things so that he can be domineering. He's not telling you these things, you know, so that he can be dictatorial or anything of that nature. He's telling you these things because they are true. And when you and I walk in the light of those truths, then praise God, his blessing is on our lives. And so there's, there are, you know, there's really no other way to experience victory in your personal lives without and, you know, except through Jesus. He said, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that brings it about. And, and I say that because, you know, again, talking about sound doctrine and different things of that nature, I remember one celebrity once stood up and said, there are many different ways to God. Well, that was good for that celebrity and what it is that they thought, but that is not the truth because the Bible says there is no other way given among men whereby we must or can be saved except through the Lord Jesus Christ. So what was being communicated there was not true. What it did is it, op it opened up the door for a lot of misguided and, and really false kinds of thinking where people's lives are concerned. In other words, what it did is it lended to people being able to do whatever it is that they wanted to do. Well, again, I didn't make the rules, but Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And no one could come to the Father except through him. And so I believe that with all my heart, praise God. Not only do I believe it, I know it to be the truth. So, you know, there are other doctrines, or there's no other routes, maybe is a better way to put it, into the kingdom of heaven except through the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, again, uh, as an example of this, and we're talking about the importance of what we want to do is we want to be established in the truth, man. We don't want to be out there banging around in our own, you know, strength and trying to figure out how this thing works. No, we want to know the truth so the truth can make us free. So when a person stands up and says, well, there's many different ways to God, you know, what do you mean by that? Because that can be very misleading. And another thing that we often hear people say, you know, uh, you know that they'll say, well, who, who says that our lifestyle is unacceptable? You know, who says our behavior, our conduct, or what we believe is, is unacceptable? Why can't we make our own rules? Why can't we be, quote, unquote, free to choose whatever it is that we want to believe. Well, you, you can. 
And obviously people are doing that. But you know, a lot of what people believe to be the truth isn't the truth. What it does very often is caters to the appetites of men's flesh and what it is that they want in certain circumstances. And it can be very misleading and very damaging and very destructive. So we have, thank God, his living word that serves as a guide, as an instruction manual for life. And we have to, again, as I said, humbly submit ourselves to the counsel of God's word because that is where the blessing of God is. And there is no victory, none outside of a relationship with him, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> but with him, there's both power and there's direction that the Lord Jesus Christ gives us. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, being established in, his, in this present world, if you want to be established as a child of God in this present world, it can only be accomplished by learning to put your trust in the King. King Jesus. And I tell you what, praise God, I know so many of you already have, and thank God for that, but we want to build upon that foundation where our lives are concerned. You know, God the Father wants you to, He wants you to be established. You know, God doesn't want you out bouncing all over. If you, if you look at the scriptures, you know, uh, especially like, for example, in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4, he said, you know, when Paul was writing, he said that we would no longer be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, you know, and the cunning craftiness whereby men lie in wait to deceive, but rather speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things who is the head even Christ. So again, this theme comes and emerges from these scriptures to tell us that Christ is the answer. Christ is the gold standard. His word is true, and that is what it is that you and I want to embrace. We want to tie ourselves to that truth so that we can be established, praise God, not unstable, but thank God, people that know and love the Lord. And God wants you, you know, he wants you to be established. And praise God, here's the cool thing about it. He's the one who makes it possible for that to happen. You know, when you and I choose to obey God, God goes to work to bring to pass what it is that he has promised for you and I. See, God's living word has the power, praise God, you know, and not only that, it serves as the foundation upon which you and I are to build our lives. The Bible says through wisdom is a house built, and by the knowledge of God it is filled with all precious and, and, and present uh, uh, blessings. And that's so true because that's what God's word will do for any person who will decide, you know, I am going to become a follower of Jesus, and though none go with me, still I will follow. And you have to understand that's a possibility because so often, you know, people they want to live life their own way, and again, they're entitled to do that. But you know, living for Christ is so much better, dear friend. I'm telling you, there's such grace upon the lives of those who have chosen to be a follower of him. And so again, his living word has to become the foundation 
upon which you and I build and how we establish our lives. Here's some scriptures, for example. When Peter was writing his second letter or epistle, he said this, For this reason, I will not be negligent uh, to remind you always, hallelujah, of these things, though you know them and are established in the present truth. But I think, it's, I think it's right, as long as I am in this house, this physical tabernacle, my body, to stir you up by reminding you. So even though we've heard these things before, you know what? Never hurts to hear them again. Never hurts to be able to remind ourselves what it is that God has said, because he said, praise God, that he would prosper us in the way that we would go if we would follow his lead. In another place, when the Apostle Paul was talking about this in 1 Corinthians, he's writing to the church there in, in Corinth, and as he's writing, he says, according to the grace that was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds thereon. But let each one take heed how he builds, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which has been laid, which is Christ Jesus. And let me, let me uh, 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 speak with you about the context of this. You know, the church was growing and, and the people were growing, but they were still very immature. They were, as the Bible describes them earlier in this chapter, as carnal. And the reason being is, is there was this big strife that, you know, grew out of Paul's ministry and Apollos. The Bible says that Apollos was a very eloquent uh, speaker and communicator. And so, you know, naturally he may have appealed to one group, maybe more so than Paul. Paul could have been very blunt to that type of people, and maybe they didn't necessarily care for that. But you know what the Apostle Paul was just simply saying here? He said, you know, I'm the one that planted the seed. Apollos is the one who waters. But at the end of the day, it is God that is giving the increase. And neither he nor I are anything except the ones who brought the word of God to you. And yet they begin to fuss with each other, you know, over this whole issue. And that's when Paul brought this matter up that, you know, as a wise master builder, I lay the foundation, and there was another one that, that, you know, built thereon, but he did warn, he said, be very careful about how you're building. That's why it's so important, child of God, believer, that you be careful about who you're following, who you listen to when it comes to the Word of God and what it is that they're saying, because, you know, it seems like today that there are so many conspiracy theories my Lord, I'm telling you what, every day there's something new. And, and, you know, it's just people making this stuff up, you know, because they let their minds run wild. So let's be settled, praise God. Let's know the facts. Let's know the truth. Let's walk in the light of that, praise God. And let's stay calm in the storm that is occurring within our lives, praise God, because we are founding our lives upon the, tr on the truth. Now, you know, if it wasn't enough for Peter to mention this, you know, being established, as he said, in the present truth, and the apostle Paul talking about building your lives on the foundation of the word of God, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. It says, therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them or does them, I will liken him to a wise man. Everybody say, I'm a wise man. 
Yeah, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house on a rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall because it was founded on the rock of doing God's word, practicing God's word. You know, when I got saved, you know, I found out there were things I was doing that were displeasing to God. But I wanted to build my life on the rock of that revelation that comes from the Word of God to live differently. And so I made the decisions to walk away from this and that and the other. Because, you know, I mean, it was right there in black and white. I could see what was acceptable and what wasn't. Do you want to build your life so that it's established, strong, you know, praise God and and enjoy God's best? Then that's the way you do it. You just say, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to be a follower of Christ and I'm going to obey the gospel. But then he goes on to say, and how many of you know he told the truth? Jesus told the truth. He says, but everyone, pretty emphatic. He said, whosoever does or hears these sayings and does them, I'll, I'll, I'll consider him a wise person. But he went on then to explain, he says, but I'll tell you emphatically that everyone who hears it and does not do it is likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the same rain, the same floods, and the same winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of that house. You know, God doesn't want your life to fall. He wants your life to be built. He wants it to become strong. He wants it to become established. He wants it to be settled. Hallelujah. And not only that, I mean, that's true for you and your family and everyone that is around you, anyone who knows the Lord Jesus Christ. So the truth is, is, you know, when we choose to practice and obey his word, then the blessing of God will come upon us and overtake us. You know, sometimes people, you know, they don't, I mean, it's almost like they have to apologize because God wants to bless them. But you know, dear friend, if you obey God, you cannot help but be blessed. Glory to God. So there's no need to apologize. The only thing you need to do is be thankful and rejoice, praise God, and continue to obey God and share what it is that Christ has done for you with the people that are around you. Hallelujah. Because listen, this is good news, man. This is the stuff that everyone really is looking for. And a lot of times, you know, people say, well, no, that can't be true. Yeah, it is true. Hallelujah. I mean, how long do we have to keep preaching before you're going to believe that the Bible is God speaking to you and that it's true? You can believe that he wants to prosper you, that he wants to bless you. Glory to God. And it's simply done by choosing to obey what it is that he has told us to do. Glory to God. So, you know, again, when we choose to practice, when we choose to obey the word of God, I'm telling the blessing of God is automatic. You know, but here's something for you to think about. You know, people need to know, you need to know what it is that you believe. And, and I say that for, for yourself, You know, uh, when it comes to our young people and our youth ministry here at the fellowship, that's one of the things we ask them, you know, we say, well, what is it that you believe? You know, not what mom believes, not what grandma told you, not, you know, what somebody in the classroom may have said or whatever, but what is it that you personally, what what are your convictions 
about what you believe for yourself. Let me ask you another question. People, you know, well, say, let me say it to you this way. People need to know why they believe what they believe. And again, they need to know why they believe it for themselves. It's not enough for a person, well, you know, I, was, I listened to the pastor the other night, and, you know, he was saying this and that and the other, and so I guess, you know, whatever, you know, I, I, I'm with him. You know, well, I, I thank God for that. But, you know, I mean, when you get out there in the nitty-gritty, rough-and-tumble world, you know, what it is is you need to know these truths for yourselves. And you have to be able to say, I know in whom I have believed, and I know why I believe it, because the Word of God declares it. That's when you're on solid ground, praise God, and that's when it will keep you, it will sustain you in the midst of that uh, situation or the issue that you might be facing, you know, as as a believer. So it becomes important where our lives are concerned. Hallelujah. Now, you know, um, uh, in talking about this, one of the things that, you know, the Apostle Paul uh, said to encourage Timothy and such a, a great, you know, it would do you well to read both the letters that Paul wrote to Timothy, you know, because he, he had a pastoral ministry in, in Ephesus and, and uh, he had a lot of challenges. And, uh, you know, a lot of times he felt like he was standing alone and he may have even felt like he was drowning. But, you know, here's, you know, Paul would prop him up with good sound doctrine. He would talk to him about not only his own life and different things like that, but the faith that Timothy had in his heart. But, you know, he, he used his own life as an example in this one particular circumstance. And he said this, he said, for this reason, this is second to Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. You know, the Bible says that anyone who lives godly in Christ Jesus is going to suffer persecution. You're going you're gonna to hear people mock and criticize you and tell you, you know, that you're goofy or whatever the case might be. But don't let that deter you because I'm telling you what, praise God, the truth is what sets you apart from and free from the things that are about by. So when he said this, he said, he said, I also suffer these things, yet nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded. You know, we need to be persuaded about what we believe and why we believe it. He said, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. What had Paul committed? He committed his life. Hallelujah. He said, I've committed my life to him until the day, praise God, that he either comes back or I go to be with him. Hallelujah. And that's solid ground. In another place, you know, when Paul was writing in Romans chapter 4, talking about Abraham, you know, he said, as it is written, I have made you, God said, I have made you the father of many nations. And it goes on to say, in the presence of God, he believed or was persuaded. Hallelujah. Who gives who God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they 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 did who contrary to hope Hallelujah the Bible says in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according 
to what was spoken. And what God said is, if you can count the number of the uh, grains of sand on the seashore or the stars in the heaven, so shall your seed be. Thank God for Abraham, because he, he serves as a model of what faith in God can do to the person who chooses to believe God and his word. So what do you believe about Jesus? Who is he to you? That's an important question. You know, another one, you know, ask yourself, is he able to keep you? Well, you know, people say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But why? Why do you know that? Praise God. There's got to be a scriptural foundation for you to be able to say, because the Bible says God is my refuge and that he is an ever-present help in the uh, time of trouble. Therefore, I am not going to be moved. Hallelujah. You know, it's things like that that establish people where their lives are concerned so that they're not soon shaken. You know, as a follower of Christ, does Jesus want you, you know, do, do you believe this? As a follower of him, do you believe that he wants you to advance? Do you believe that, that he wants to improve your life, that you can be blessed in order to be a blessing? Hallelujah. You know, you can't bless somebody if you don't got no blessing. But if God begins to bless your life, then you can share that. You can contribute to the support of others. You can do things, praise God, that will bless the world that is around you. And hallelujah. But you know, again, you know, you have to believe that that's what God wants to do through you. You know, he wants you to grow. But again, I ask you the question, why do you believe that? And of course, we find the answers in the Word of God. Here's another question for you. In the midst of threat, I mean, we've all been threatened by maybe financial needs or health concerns or different things. But in the midst of that, did he promise to take care of you? That's a, that's a simple question, you know? And you say, well, I don't know, you know? Well, that's what we need to discover. That's what we need to find out. And again, the way that we do it is by getting into the book, letting the book get in us so that we can know exactly what it is that he said that he would do for us. Glory to God. So, you know, as we come uh, into this a little bit further, when we obey the, the, the word of the Lord, the Lord is the one praise God, who begins to, or, or causes you and I to be established. Let me say that to you again. When we obey the word of the Lord, when we, we choose to obey God, you know, and, and when we start doing that, the Lord is the one who begins or causes you and I to be established. Why? Because we are acting in a way that is pleasing to him. We are responding to what it is that he said. And in that, there are promises that God stands behind to make good in our lives. My wife and I, Joan, we became, uh, we became uh, tithers when we were just, you know, young uh, 21, 22-year-old people because we discovered in the Word of God, actually it was even before that, but we discovered that we were to bring our tithes into the storehouse and that we uh, would have the privilege of being able to see God prove himself in our lives through that act of obedience. Now, a lot of times people say, well, you know, tithing's been done away with, or that's Old Testament, or, you know, that's not really what you have to do today. Well, you can believe whatever you want. But I'm, if you'll do a thorough study of the scriptures, you'll find out that tithing began long before the law of Moses was established because Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of these 
patriarchs were tithers. And because of that, it opened the windows of heaven blessing into their lives as, as human beings, because they obey God. You know, so again, you know, when people, when you're, if you're struggling with that, it's so important for you. You know, you don't have to uh, uh, necessarily wrestle with the thing, but what you can do is you can say, well, God, show me in your word. Help me to understand what it is that you would have me to do so that I can have faith to be able to give in this way or to participate in in these ways. You know, so not only am I a tither, but I can also give offerings, you know, because of the blessing that's on my life to be able to help others. And I tell you what, you know, when Paul said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, man, he had it right because the, the, the privilege of being able to communicate or I should say it this way, not communicate, but, but contribute to others when they're in need. I mean, hallelujah, to be that person is, is just awesome. And so I encourage you in the context of that to understand that. So again, when you start obeying God, God himself, he steps up and says, hey, looky here now. We're going to have to get involved here because that's just the way that God is in his nature. You know, the Bible says that all of the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen to the glory of God. And it says, now he who establishes us with you, hallelujah, listen to that again. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and who has anointed us is God. See, God establishes you in the place that he's called you to because of your obedience toward him. You know, uh, interestingly, and I don't know if I shared this last week or not, but there's a, there's a, there's a real uh, distinction between Saul and David. You know, Saul was anointed to be the king of Israel, and, you know, he was reluctant in the beginning, but then when he began to take that place as the king, you know, uh, he didn't obey God always. And as a result, his disobedience got him in some real trouble. We read here in the scriptures in 1 Samuel chapter 13, where it says that, you know, the prophet Samuel said to Saul, he said, you have done foolishly. Now listen, you've done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment or been obedient to the Lord, your God, which he commanded you. In other words, he knew what he needed to do. He just chose not to do it. And then it goes on, for now the Lord would have, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord had commanded you. So Saul lost his place. He lost his status. He lost his blessing because he chose not to obey. But now on the other hand, of course, David, or actually uh, Samuel, was called to go and anoint David to be king in his stead. And it says in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 14, talking about David, he said, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, 
I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body, now listen, and will establish his kingdom. Of course, he was talking about Jesus. And it says, he shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. But again, it was because of David's obedience that these things came about. Where we look at Saul and it was because of his disobedience that the kingdom was taken from him. So obedience to God, I mean, unequivocally, obedience to God brings and establishes your life in his grace. Hallelujah. You know, the thing about it is we are what we are by the grace of God. Every one of us, you know, we're so undeserving of anything. I mean, you know, it's like Jesus said, I can't of myself do nothing. You know, well, it's true of us as well. There is just this incredible grace that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ to bring blessing into every person's life who chooses to be a follower of him. So I want to encourage you this morning, praise God. You know that if there's areas in your life you've just been a little bit, you know, sketchy about or whatever the case might be, or you've had trouble in or something of that nature, I'm telling you, God wants to help you. If you'll just ask, say, God, I need your help. You know, I tell you what, he'll come to your aid. He'll speak to your heart. He'll bring people around you to support you and maybe make you accountable or whatever the case might be so that you can enjoy heaven's very best for your life. I know, praise God, you want God's best because you wouldn't be listening to me if you didn't. And so I encourage you, praise God, as a child of God, that you dive into this thing. You know, if you've got a certain area in your life that needs some fixing, you know, if you need help, I mean, call on others to pray with you or, again, make you accountable and say, you know, you've got to help me with this. I don't, I, I don't want this in my life. And so they can come alongside you and they can, you know, set some parameters and they can help you, you know, to make sure that you're doing good and pray with you, praise God, and, and build you up and find scriptures with you to help you to be able to uh, be established the way that God wants you to be, praise God, because he wants you to be just that. I'll, I'll close with these final words when we use this last week. But, you know, when Jehoshaphat faced... Um, uh, um, an insurmountable um, threat uh, with the kings that had um, aligned themselves with one another and were going to basically take them out. He turned his eyes to God. And when uh, God gave them the instructions they needed, he stood before the entire uh, people that he had the rule over and he said, believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. And he said, believe also his prophets and you will prosper. I tell you, God wants you to be established. God wants you to prosper. So let's commit this word to our heart here this morning. Praise God as we pray. Glory to God. Father, we love you today. We're so grateful for your blessing in our lives. We know what it is that you desire to do, Father. So we ask you to help us as believers, as, as children of God. 
And Father, we ask you, Father, to lead us in the way in which you would have us to go. Give us strength, Father. Strengthen us with might by your Spirit in our inner man so that when it comes to the challenges of life, when it comes to even the temptations of life, that we're able to be strong in you and say, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm actually going to go in the direction that God has for me because, Father, we know that you want our very best. So, Father, we believe together today, hallelujah, for good things to happen in our lives, to be established, to not be soon removed or shaken because of all of the things that people are talking about these days. But, Father God, we will trust in you, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen. I trust that you were blessed by today's message. Praise God. Let me encourage you in your faith. Not only that, but even as a family, glory to God, that we're this year we're going to grow. We're going to move. We're going to make changes in our lives for the good. We're going to make sure, praise God, that we're moving in the direction that God has for us. And I believe, praise God, that as we do that, we're going to be able to celebrate and rejoice together and be glad and be able to say, Look what the Lord has done. So I hope you have a great day today. Praise God. You know, I know, like I said, it's a little chilly outside, but it's warm there, I'm sure, in your heart. So be blessed, and we'll look forward to seeing you this Wednesday night or next Sunday morning. God bless you.